You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Welcome to episode 187 of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. My name is Matt Phillips, creator of OneChatLive.com. And as always, this episode is being recorded live on a Tuesday at 8 o'clock on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel, on the Sports Therapy Association Facebook page, and the Facebook open group. So if you are listening to the podcast and you're thinking, oh, wow, I didn't realize these were recorded live, then if you'd like to come along and join us live, and mix with the other live people in the live lounge and ask questions directly to our wonderful guests, then all you have to do is is go along to one of those places we stream on at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday. Simple as that. And if you do come and join us live, then if you do comment, and I can bring your name and comment up onto the screen, as you will see shortly if you're watching the YouTube recording, which is also a nice way of sharing your logo and getting your name out there. So it's a networking opportunity as well. So this is part two of our three-part series called How to Set Up a Massage Therapy Business, in which we are joined by a panel of experienced sports massage therapists and sports therapists who are all members of the Sports Therapy Association. And they're going to be sharing tips on how to set up a sports massage clinic. And in this case, whilst renting a room in some form or another. Last week in part one, it was all about setting up um, at home, be it in your garage or in your garden, in a purpose-built shed, or in a room of the house. Um, and we had some wonderful examples from our panel and some great sharing of experiences, both good and bad, with advice. Um, on, on. It came across really positively. I'm really interested tonight to see what the or what the advantages are over working from home. Obviously, there is a lot of confirmation bias because the people we had last week all work from home. But some of our guests tonight do as well. So we'll be comparing it to that. And I would like to say thank you, of course, to our panel from last week, um, who were Nikki Mansfield talking wonderfully about exactly the conversion of a garage. It's brilliant. You have to watch that on YouTube. I mean, you've got it from garage all the way through to empty space, through to a beautiful therapy room. So that's really worth turning in, tuning in to watch. We had Hannah Tabrab with her Shed with Pretensions or Pretensions. Uh, which is a purpose-built shed in a garden uh, or a log cabin, as her partner would refer to people who have referred to it. And Louise Asher of LA Sports Massage Therapy was with us as well. Again, it's worth watching on YouTube, showing how her lounge transforms suddenly into this clinic. So clever the way she does it. So anybody who's thinking, oh, I could never do this at home, I just haven't got the space, I can't do it in this room, definitely worth tuning in to have a look at that. Such such a clever way. So thanks, Louise, for joining us for that. And also Steve Kirby of Get Fit, Stay Fit Norfolk, who for 14 years has been working from a purpose-built wooden treatment room in the garden. So there was a lot of experience and advice from Steve there. So thank you, panel. Uh, We have a new panel tonight we'll be bringing up shortly. Just going to say hi to a few people in the live lounge. Uh, Talking of Nikki Mansfield, here's Nikki Mansfield. Uh, Good evening, Matthew. Lovely to see you and your beard again on this chilly Tuesday. Thank you, Nikki. Just read that out loud. We should have put it in my head first of all, but thanks for caring. So who else? we got Cecily Hislop. Welcome back. Lovely to see your name again. Cecily's doing some great things. We were talking about you the other night, weren't we? About you, not to you, but yeah, nice to see you, Cecily, back again. And Cecily says, evening, STA lovelies. Looking forward to this one as I might be renting a room in a beauty salon soon. Great, perfect place for you to be hanging out tonight. And also Glenn Murphy's with Swell. 
just bringing these messages up into the YouTube. If you listen to the podcast, then this is one of the least pictures. Side. Glenn Murphy says, thought I would pop in for a change. For a change, Glenn, you're one of our, our most respected and, and consistent listeners. So thank you for joining us in the live lounge and other people coming through as well. Just to remind you, if you're joining us from the Facebook group, then um, there is a Facebook security thing, which I kind of announce every time because you need to basically give you permission to facebook to allow your picture and your comment to appear on the screen what i'll do is i'll put the link at the bottom of the screen now for a while but if you do see your comment coming up as facebook user as opposed to uh, your wonderful face or logo then it's because you haven't gone to this link which is basically just b.live forward slash comments hyphen issue click that once give permission and then you'll be able to share your logo name and everything which will make it a much more immersed sensation for you when you do leave your comments there we go right i think i've left for long enough down in the lobby the sta panel for tonight so uh, what do i do now no particular order i should bring them all up and we'll start tonight's episode which if you've just fast forwarded to this version here this moment is going to be setting up sports massage therapy clinic part two renting a room you're listening to the sports therapy association podcast putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy so we got i'll say hi and then people get used to your name hi chloe reynolds yeah hi Great. thanks for joining us we've got immy tester hi i've lost the box easy to tell which one's timmy tonight timmy hi <laughs> immy tonight I said Timmy because it sounded a little like a bit cartoon character, but thank you for joining <laughs> us. I know I know your phone is way off, so you do need to leave. So do please don't stress yourself or make yourself worse for tomorrow. Thanks for joining us, Timmy. And Sarah Jones, you can't just wait. Oh, I can. There you go. That's Sarah's voice. Sarah is, there you go. Right, so thanks for joining us, people. So nice of you to give up your time uh, to talk about tonight's topic. People in the, or people listening to the podcast, we will give out details of our panel as always at the end. We'll mention their website. So if you like what you hear, you want to get in contact with them, then they've all given permission uh, for you to call them at any time you like. 24 hours, we'll be putting the phone numbers in the, I did say this to you, didn't I? I did explain. Yeah, we put it in the show notes, uh, but you're welcome to contact them. Um, they're more than happy to assist you if there's anything they say which would be useful to you. Vernon Smead has just joined. Hey, Vernon, how are you doing? From the Expo. Yes. There's an example of Facebook. Facebook. Facebook user. That is simply because you haven't clicked the link. That's all. If you'd like your name to come up, Facebook user, and then just click that link and you'll be able to share whoever you are. Because at the moment, we don't know. Right then. So we're also expecting at some point, potentially, Anna-Marie Mazzieri, maybe a show from Gary. Um, so we hope they're well. They're not here at the moment. Oh, Gary is in the live. He's in the lounge. There he is. Look, hovering in the background, less required. Anna-Marie has sent a message. Okay. Thank you very much, Gary. Passing that one. Right, part two. Here we go, renting a room. I guess first, as we did last week, we better have you guys introducing yourself, if that's okay. Oh, let's bring up Anna Maria while she's preparing her hair. Let's do that now, not give her a chance. Hey, Anna Maria, how you doing? <laughs> Good evening. This is another reason if you listen to podcast to, to it's, 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 in England, we have the two-finger salute. When you see an Italian do it, it's just so much more offensive. It's incredible. So, yeah, definitely won't go to YouTube for that one. How are you, Anna-Maria? Sorry to much. you. Hope you're well. Looking great. Very well, thank you. Can you hear me? 
hear you perfectly. Yeah. Who needs a sound or vision to test with you? You're such a pro. Uh, you've joined us where we're just going to introduce each other. So we will come to each of you in turn. I'm just interested for our listeners, again, to hear your voice because it's a podcast and also just your experience of, of renting a room. So maybe if we start off with Chloe Reynolds, tell yeah. us all about you. Hi, and so I'm Chloe. I'm a level four sports massage therapist. I work in Shrewsbury, Gloucester. So I'm just up the road from Becky Carroll, who's a big STA. Area, so I'm just up the road from her. I work with a really, really wide range of clients. The last four years, I was gym based in a very bodybuilder, muscly, big, weighty gym. And then more recently, I've just moved into a room in a more beauty esque co working space. So that's got like hairdressers, nails, beauty. So two very, very different environments to rent from. So yeah, lots of pros and cons, kind of both. That's great. That'd be really interesting to hear about that, how the change of environment, depending where you work, can have a big impact. So we'll come back to that later on. I'm just going to bring up, for those of you who listen to the podcast, there will be a few sh- sharings, as always, of screenshots of web pages and stuff like that, because they're inspiring as well. I mean, I particularly love a web page. I love the passion that goes behind it. I think that's so important because it tells people about you. So Chloe's website here, just if you're listening, you want to have a look at it, then you want to go to www crsportsmassage.co.uk simple as that cr great website by the way i really like it love the information you've got on it i love the about the cr that's so good you turned yourself into kind of like just a just it's almost like a netflix drama at the moment <laughs> come to the cr um some really interesting information about there which we will draw upon later on especially the change you've done recently so thank you for that chloe let's move to sarah sarah jones turns about yourself Hi. So I have done a whole mixture of things. So I work from home, but I have done room rental in the past. I've been an associate in a few clinics and I've also been employed. So I'm a soft tissue therapist, level five, and my special interest would be around menopause and adolescence and getting them back to activity. And I run a local menopause cafe. Fantastic. Right, we're going to give a little people who are watching YouTube a flash of your website as well. Let's put this up here, full screen, so people can see it. Um, if you're interested in seeing Sarah's website, it's affinitybodyworks.co.uk. Again, lovely website. I just find them so inspiring. And we've said this in other in other episodes. We won't talk about it now, but a website can be so important because once people get your website, you can then redirect to all your social media feeds. You can write blogs. You can really help nurture your people. It is, some people think it's not necessary and you don't need when you get by with just Facebook. But I think there's an argument that you do need a, a website, especially if you want to show your individual talents and everything. So great. Another website there. We'll make sure all the websites go into the links on the show notes. Imi Tester, tell us about yourself in not too many words, just to save your voice. <laughs> yeah, I think like Sarah, I've, I, I worked in pretty much each different way I've never worked from my own home but I've I've been employed and worked for someone else I've done mobile I've rented a room in multiple locations and now I've got a leasehold of my own clinic and that's where I am now and I'm in well I live in Gloucestershire but I work in South Gloucestershire so yeah not 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 too far away and that's it. Yeah. That's fine. I feel so guilty making you talk. I'll get no, it. Doesn't it's just the partner's room, please. <laughs> and again, that accepts the website. I recommend people check it out for inspiration and ideas and to get to know a little bit about Imi. 
if you go to back on track sports holistic.co.uk there'll be a link in the show notes as always then you'll get some wonderful ideas such a chilled out lovely website i love the strap line on the front of it this time is all about you it's just so warming and it's just the equivalent of a hug isn't it it's just the words personifying our open arm i'm going to look after you it's about you. It's great. Really good in me. And there's loads of that on there because as you listen and if you get to know me, then so much is about that. It's about personal care and just um, empathy and everything. So I recommend you have a look at that website. Is that everybody? Of course it's not because there's one thing which joins two of you together in terms of using and making the most of your talents as tutors. And that is Anna Maria Mazzieri. And it's great to have Anna Maria here. A lot of you will know that Anna Maria's um, been on the show quite a few times and Anna is a clinic owner and, and what word shall I use? Nourishes, nurtures. She's a conduit for excellence. She takes people. And nourish, yes. I do nourish as well. Nourish. You are a nourish. You nourish me. You nourish me. <laughs> you have nourished. Thank you to use nourish me. So Anna Maria, thanks for joining us. Obviously director at the ST School. And also a lot of people know you from the Hands on Harvard Therapy Expo. But you haven't. You weren't born with. As far as I know, you weren't born as director of the school. You've probably worked yourself and known lots of these mm-hmm. different things we can talk about. So, yeah. so yes, uh, yes. I, I run a clinic, and uh, it's a multi. Well, it's an interdisciplinary clinic. So everybody's a soft tissue therapist in the clinic, and as a clinic owner, I have gone through every possible status, like employed people, self-employment in terms of associate and room hire but I also hired rooms and now that I've expanded I actually expanded through you know in in a different format through hiring a room from another another already established clinic so I have a little bit of an experience from on both sides actually yeah and it's not as uh, sometimes there are some hidden costs uh, in uh, certain situations that people might not be aware of as, as a clinic owner, you, you see all these things in a little bit of a different eyes. Fantastic. It's going to be really useful having you here tonight because there's obviously two sides to this story. There's the people who are thinking of renting a room and then it's going to, a lot of it's going to depend on who you rent from. So Anna's going to lend a lot of experience with regards to that. And um, we are going to do another Not that old, a lot of experience. No, that a little bit. I'm not that... If- You've oh come on for a thirty year old you've done an awful lot so you know it's impressive what you managed to do you know since leaving university in the last eight years so yeah we are going to do another episode about being employed because that's obviously we're going to talk about that in a moment about the difference important differences between being employed and self employed and the relationship with the with the what who would then be your employer but we will do an episode on that and we'll do it with the employers. So I'll, I'll try and twist Anna's arm to come back another time and be joined by other employees who will be giving their advice to people therapists out there who do like the idea of being an employee and, and the various benefits that come with it, but also highlighting some of the potential pitfalls and problems, which we might mention tonight as well. Uh, so we'll do that at a later date because we're not, yeah, that would be something to come up. So I just want to say hi and thank you to Ali Park Crown who's first time here. Welcome, Ali. Thanks for joining us live. Ali says, evening, all my first attendance live. I love listening regularly on my dog walks. Well, it's great to have you live, Ali. I hope there's lots of questions, benefits you can get from coming here. So, right, let's have a little think. I think, first of all, this is something we've always had a little chat of air to put something together. There's so much we can talk about. There's so much experience in here between us. I thought maybe first, 
clarifying the different types of work setup we're going to talk about. So we're looking at obviously employed, which we're not going to touch on, but it's worth mentioning the differences. But then I'm interested in hearing the difference between the self-employed versions of renting and then being an associate, being an associate. Because I was an associate for about 10 years and I didn't even realize. But now I know, thanks to you. So yeah, who wants to kick off with that, the, the difference between renting and being an associate? I mean, you can all do eventually, but someone can start it again. Go on then, Anna. I can kick it off if you like. Go on then, Sarah, yeah. So difference with the, the, the different models for rental, where you either pay ad hoc, if you've got a really kind clinic that just let you pay per client that you've got in, for like your hourly rate, or you have to pay for a block or a half day or a full day. So you've got that with rental. You're responsible for generating your own clients. So there's all that side of things. I'll let other people go into that a bit more depth. And then associate the, you are, you're still self-employed, but you are under the umbrella of a clinic and you, they, they will take a percentage off you. And that will vary from clinic to clinic as to what they offer within, within that umbrella as well as and how, how much you get from them as an associate. But generally they will book your appointments for you, manage your diary, and you can generate clients through, through that clinic. And you have to put a minimal work in yourself that way. So I'd say that's a, that's a slight bonus in that way. But you have a little less autonomy in saying what you do as an associate. That's great. So people in the in live lounge who are watching, maybe if you can type in there whether you what you do, whether you're an associate or whether you rent a room and whether it's a clear distinction for you. Because we'll be mentioning those words quite a lot probably when we talk about our experiences and the advantages and disadvantages of each. Anna Maria, you raised an interesting point when we chatted before about knowing whether you have got an employer or whether they're actually the clinic owner because or clinic proprietor. Can you expand on that for us? Yeah, this is what people need to be very careful with the associate contract. So when you when you are under associate contract, it's a provision of services, which means you are self-employed. And in order to be self in order to be self-employed, you need to fulfill certain criteria. And the HMRC website is a great place to go because there is actually a like a questionnaires. Being self-employed means that you actually are independent. You, you provide you provide work. You you do the work in the in uh, in. You are responsible. Sorry, you're responsible for the work you 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 done. If you but you pay your own taxes, you are free from the perspective of kind of choosing your own hours or within agreement with the provision of services. The clinic owner, however, cannot have you working there for. If there is something to do with the amount of hours, if you can only work, for example, only for the clinic and not other clinics, the the the, empl- the, the clinic owner cannot have you to work only for the clinic for the clinic and not other else. You you must be free to be able to work in different clinics. You must be free to be able to choose your own hours. You must be free to be able to say, actually, I want to not wear the uniform. You cannot have a uniform, for example, in an associate. So associate contract is a provisional services contract. It means me as a, let's say, clinic owner, I, my clinic needs to provide soft tissue therapy services 
I then engage with Sarah, for example, and I asked Sarah to provide those services for me, in this case, the clinic. But Sarah said, yeah, I provide the services. We agree on the day, on the times and so on. If Sarah says, I want us to provide the services also from a clinic, you know, in Badly Salterton, I cannot say to her, no, you cannot. So they have to be free. And if Sarah says, actually, Anna, I want to wear my Affinity Bodyworks t-shirt and not the clinic t-shirt, and I need to be able to say allow yes unfortunately what we are seeing and i hear it all the time and some of the things i hear oh my god if i do that to my therapist i will be shut down people being prevented to be fully autonomous in the world people being asked to work in a certain way instead of others people being uh, kind of asked to come into clinic even if they don't have clients yes from an ethical <laughs> and a work ethics yes there are certain things that you know it's quite nice to work together with a with a person that is your associate but ultimately you're self-employed self-employed means you are fully autonomous in your work if instead the, 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 the clinical and once you do go in at those times when you're not booked in, they want you to do certain amount of work, then they have to pay also for your minimum wage, at least minimum wage and pay you for when you're away on holiday. Okay. So that's why it's really, really important. The, the contracts are very found on online that go, they're called provisional services contracts. And I cannot recommend enough HMRC because they have a fantastic questionnaires to be asked said that any any therapist that worked we we used to work we used to do associates any therapist with associates we had for example we discussed so as as the whole clinic i said what is the outfit we want to wear so it's not a uniform what is the outfit we all decided together that actually wearing an outfit with a clinic logo on was everybody's benefit but i could not say to them you cannot wear your own that we you know there are certain things we decided together but you know you have to be very careful that you are an associate and not an employee that's that really interesting can i ask gary uh, yes i was going to ask you gary in fact the rule of thumb is if you work more than 60 percent of employment income is from one from one source you may be classified as hmrc yes we, that's why i was i forgot about it actually it's not a, a strict rule because you can be actually associated just with one clinic but is you know there is a very very fine thread there because if they want you there and they they actually are say no you can only work here you can only do that then they might then they need to pay for statutory six six pay all these other perks an employee does have so you cannot have both you know in the gig economy because we are in the gig economy you cannot have both uh, you know what do you call it you know both things. Yeah, yeah. No, interesting. That's a real kind of a red flag for anybody who's considering taking on that kind of position as an associate. 
um, in case you do find employees beginning to take the mick and you're doing more for their business that you don't really need to really because they're not giving so you. Yeah. That's why it's really important that we switch the mindset. Mm. If you're an associate, you have just because somebody owns a clinic, it does not mean that it's their employer. And this is this is really big bono contention. You know, they are as you as the professional, you, you are mm. the same. The difference is their business is to have the clinic, your business is to provide the services, but they're yeah. not your employer. But that means also that you as a therapist, you have way more responsibilities than if you were an employee. The clients, mm-hmm. even if you're associate, the clients, are uh, the relationship with the client, the business and insurance relationship with the clients, it's yours. Mm-hmm. You know, you have... You know, you have individual responsibility as a self-employed person. Fascinating stuff already. I'm wondering whether any of the other people in the panel, so Chloe, Sarah, or Amy, have you ever had kind of questionable experiences in a situation (laughs) where you were an associate and they were asking more of you than was actually legally allowed? Yeah, I, 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 well, I was fresh, so I'd already been working as a massage therapist before, but I was only just qualified as a sports massage therapist. <clears throat> and I worked, I won't say who I worked for, worked for a company. And they would even, if if we wanted to take holiday, somebody at one of the other massage therapists would have to have to volunteer to cover that holiday or, or you um, didn't take it. Come up. So you were no employed. We were wise to it in the end, and we all of us were unavailable all of the time. But yeah, but that was common practice. It was a chiropractic clinic, and that was common practice among the chiropractors. And were well. you self-employed? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that I is... had to wear their uniform. I got told off for work because I did work. I, I was building my business, working somewhere else as well, and I wasn't allowed to wear my uniform. Oh, lots of lots of things. Yeah. So just to give people listeners an idea, what was that clinic owner gaining from not? having you as an official employee yeah what were they gaining by not just signing you up and you being an employee what were, how are they how is it in their advantage to keep you as an associate but an abused associate if you like they didn't have to pay me holiday pay or sick mm-hmm. pay or anything like that so they just you know i came in the hours that i the days that i was scheduled to work because i worked as a receptionist the other days so that was employed so i had dual so i was a receptionist some days and then i was sports massage therapist other days but for, yeah, for the for the time I was a sports massage therapist, I yeah that wasn't covered by sick pay or holiday pay or anything okay. like that. So that's and why it's much easier yeah. to break a relationship. That was sixty forty to sixty to them. Mm. But I was yeah. new and I wanted it. So you know, it, it, other, the other side of it, it was really good for building experience. You know, in in that in in that business. So I I, I did learn a lot. I learned a lot of things not to do, and I learned a lot from the other people working there so it you know it for the time i was there it it was valuable as well Mm, interesting way of looking at it what about sarah and chloe have you had bad experiences i don't hate to start off on a downer and look at the bad side of things but i think it's really relevant you know it's it's good information for listeners have you ever had problems with an employer who was basically taking the mick no, I haven't. I've always been like very self self employed, so I've not. That was I've heard of other stories like this, similar. Mm. Not personally, no. Okay, fine. So you've always been in a situation where it was always you basically renting a room, and you had to bring your clients in. There was no booking done for you. There was no advertising done for you. You weren't part of their website or anything like that. It was just sole trader. Yeah, 
Okay, and that's worked for you. Fine, great. And and Sarah, have you got any stories personally? Where yeah, so I, I worked at, I worked in Waller Clinic again. I won't name them, and they weren't they weren't bad or anything. But we, I was an associate there pre COVID, and then they changed it to room rental post COVID, which is fine. That worked for their business. But I'd say, Amy, did you say you paid sixty percent to? They they had sixty. I had I had. Yeah, that's a lot. See, I've always paid forty percent. In, in the two associate roles that I've done. So I can't say I've had a bad experience, just different experiences. I'm an associate in the clinic that I'm in now, and that's quite a different experience there to the one that I was in before. And it's just, it's not bad. It's just different as to what they offer, how much they promote your services. It's in their interest to see your diary booked up, the sort of things you get provided in clinic, all those sort of things. So no, mm-hmm. no nothing bad, not for me. It's interesting. It reminds me of, because I started off in strength and conditioning. I worked for, do I name? Yeah, I worked for David Lloyd. And when I started off this as going back to like 2000 or something, it was personal trainers and we'd take 60 of what we charged the client. We could charge the client what we wanted and we would take 60 and we gave the gym 40 to use the equipment and everything. Mm. We got provided a, no, we didn't have to wear their uniform. I think we could have if we wanted to, but we would have our own t-shirts with a name across the back. And it was kind of in their interest to let us, we were kind of like the, kind of strut around the gym we were the personal trainers kind of crew it was very cool and then one day they called us all into the office i remember this so vividly and they said hi guys how are you nice to see you all together great yeah lovely and basically they said you know where you used to get 60 percent, we used to get 40 we're kind of going to swap that over now so now personal trainers are going to get 40 and we're all going to get 60 but we're going to give you some training and we a lot of the personal trainers left and that was responsible for part of the kind of boot camps and people started being driven out of the gyms and they started doing the park stuff which led to you know some great outdoor activities but it was interesting thinking back then as to how guided whether they could have done that the truth is they did put us on some great courses and they they really looked after us they can do that can they because it's yeah yeah. so yeah yeah absolutely so the (laughs) self-employment or associates uh, the the i the great thing is uh, it's a it's an agreement between the two parties okay you have as a, as a clinic owner and and gary gary i'll pick up onto the contracts you just said because you're absolutely right that you it's an agreement between two parties okay mm-hmm. so why sometimes we like to to not employ people some companies because then they do not have to pay the the statutory pay the holiday pay the sickness but sometimes it's because it's such a cleaner relationship if you are employed and you're having for example a little bit of difficulty with your with your therapist or with your your employee the process to rightly so the process to <laughs> To terminate an employment contract is a complex, uh, drawn-out process. And sometimes, you know, we, with self-employment, you just have a, a two weeks notice, four weeks notice. So for some people, they prefer that. They prefer that easy relationship. Both parties, both parties, because if somebody gets a room somewhere else, they say, oh, I don't want to continue there. And also for, for, for room, for uh, therapist, when you are an employed, the client belongs to the clinic. Mm-hmm. If you're self-employed, and therefore all the notes and everything, quality control is clinic-based. If you are an associate or room hire, so if you're self-employed and sole trader, the client's relationship belongs to you. Mm-hmm. 
So for an employed, we all know in our job, it's all about the therapist. It's not about the clinic. You can have the most beautiful clinic. It's the therapist. So when the therapist leave, in any case, they're taking the, the, the clients away anyway. Mm-hmm. Because the clients, most of the time, they're going to go with the therapist because that's whom they, they establish a relationship. So from that perspective, it's not really worthwhile for an employer or for, for a clinic to employ. Because also for, for other reasons with VAT, especially with, with massage therapy, because actually the, the client will go anyway. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, in uh, if we go back a moment to what, Gary said, uh, it's really important that you have the right contract, sign a contract and have absolutely the right contract because lab, that will tell you that you are absolutely responsible for your NI, for your tax, for your insurance and so on. And that can put up some very common contracts, even the contracts that I give that it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to share them. The other thing is talking about the 60-40 or the 40-60 as I say, they can. So I send always, we did, we went from the shift. I mean, when I started, I had some of them employed and some of them self-employed. I was giving them 70. I was keeping 30. I realized pretty soon that that was not the right thing to do anyway, because the expense to run a clinic, they are, they are humongous. So but let's say when, when I change, for example, every time I change or room higher or percentage or whatever, you give one month of intention to change the contract. Then the therapist can say, yes, I agree or I don't agree. If some of them they say, actually, Anna, you know, I'm not quite happy with it. Can we do it differently? And if I can do it differently, I will. If not, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, this is the way I need to go now. So certainly there is no, you know, the clinic needs to, and sometimes clinics need to do that because, you know, 60, 40, for example, 60 to the clinic, that is outright wrong. That is absolutely outright wrong. The therapist should always take the biggest part. I would argue maybe while well, they're still a student and they require maybe a little bit, a lot of support, I might say that, but I do think fair is 50-50 or 60-40 for the therapist. But there is a lot of hidden costs when you are an associate much bigger than when you are in room rental. There's often they need to be catered for and uh, you know running the clinic with uh, your receptionist with uh, the book the room uh, you know kept in a certain way and all these other bits and pieces that costs but i will never go below 50 percent share never never mm-hmm. fascinating right we've got a few people in thank you Anne maria such really really great information and it's a great warning just pay pay heed people out there if you are considering getting involved with employers because we're not even saying the employer is out to get you it's just employers got a business and they're trying to pay bills and they might kind of you know they're going to do what they can to get money as well so they might need it explained to them nicely just you know what i don't actually have to do this as an associate blah 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 so it might be communication and all that's really important they may really not know so I'm interested. Let's have a look. People have joined us. Penny from Soma Sports Massage says, I'm self-employed working from home, but looking to collaborate with a chiropractor friend and looking to rent somewhere together. And we had someone else there who I think was talking about, Nikki Mansfield said, 
she was very interested in what Anna's saying because she is a clinic owner renting, think oh, going to start up as a clinic owner renting rooms to therapists. So that's going to be interesting when we do our employer session as well. And I think our Cecily has something to say about looking for a change in her life. Let's have a look. Where's Cecily there? Oh, yeah, renting a room in a beauty salon soon as well. So let's talk about, especially those of you who have rented a room. So we're not talking about associate for the moment. Let's talk about just renting a room. Let's talk about some of the advantages compared to working from home, compared to being an associate. What are some of the enjoyments you can get and the benefits from just renting the room? Anyone can jump in, unless you think there's none and everyone should be an associate. I guess you're you're completely in control of your diary. So you choose your working hours. You choose how many people you see. It's, 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 it's like running your business from home, mm-hmm. but you're in a different room. So I'd say that's the good point for me is that you are completely in control of, of how, how you run it and how many hours you work. And you've done that before, have you, Sarah? Or oh, you work from home, at, you do some of mm. your hours at home as well, so you've got that. I work from home at the moment, but I first, so when I first started out, my room wasn't ready, so I rented in a local osteopath. So okay. That's what that was where I started yeah, out. Yeah. And they were really kind. They let me pay ad hoc rather than having to block up or anything. So they, they, they were really kind, so I was just starting out. That's cool. That's good. And Chloe, you're a renter. Mm. You're, you're yeah. A... I'd probably say like the no extra costs, like your bills, your music license, heating, that's normally included in your rental price or you don't mm-hmm. have to think about that. It's always really great. I think being able to, if you're allowed to like change up the room, decorate it how you want, that's always a really, really great advantage as well to make it your kind of space as well. Nice point. Yeah, you do that autonomy of creating it. I suppose it all depends as what sort of person you are as well, because I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the disadvantages in a second. But if does it take a certain type of person, do you think, Chloe, to be able to survive in where you're just renting a room? You've got quite a lot of responsibilities as well, haven't you? Yeah, 100 percent. I think because I was within a gym. So you're also a face within, even though I was like a sole trader within that gym, you still are a face for the business. So I think that is also quite a responsibility to be or present all the time or to be there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose, again, it depends where you're renting. There's a lot of depends in this, isn't there? Amy, did you have any good experiences to renting? Or was it, was it all just That's people nice. taking advantage of your personality? No. At one point, I was working at three different places at the same time. Wow. So you had three different sort of, sort of you know, three different areas where you could get different clients from. So that was nice. You weren't sort of using up, you know, all the clients in one area and is that sorry that's interesting was that because you wanted that or you couldn't get enough hours or you couldn't didn't have enough time enough hours but also i was trying to sort of move from different so i i lived in one area and they were quite mm-hmm. far you know relatively far okay. away so you're in different towns so you have a lot of new clients in each area so that was good and it was nice working with other people you know, I, I miss that now. It, it can be lonely working on your own. So there were other therapists there and some of them were di- different disciplines so we could cross-refer and that worked really well, really helped build my business up. Made some really nice relationships. I'm still in contact with two of the places. Now the third place was just for renting rooms out. They weren't therapists, uh, but they were all really, I, I really loved my time with all of them. Yeah. So that's an interesting point as well. And we've talked about that a lot on the show is the benefits of working with other therapists because it can be a great learning experience. It helps with imposter syndrome. It helps with your client base because you can send people to other therapists and they'll send them back to you sort of stuff. Can you achieve that then with certain setups where you are renting a room? If you're renting a room in a building which has got other therapists also renting rooms, I guess you can have that if everyone kind of likes meets up together. Can you get that from just renting? 
Yeah. Yeah. This is what. Oh, sorry. No, no, go, go on. Yeah, this is exactly what we do now at the clinic. So we moved away from associate. So uh, the clinic is not anymore a provider of soft tissue therapy services in Exmouth, in Devon. The clinic now is a, a, spa oh, it's, it's a space where therapists provide services to the community. So that's that's what changes for us. We are not the provider anymore of the services. We are provider of rooms for therapists to provide services. And the way we do it, each day we choose very specifically the people who hire those rooms. So we have a very strong core team. We do not allow people. We never did people from, oh, I just want to rent the room for one hour. They still do a doc, but they're chosen to, to work within the clinic and we run it still as, as a clinic team. So, you know, the, the difference is and, uh, and I like, uh, you know, many clinics can have that, that model. The, the, the difference is that instead of being on an associate, they are room higher. What is the benefit of that? For the therapists, we went into room higher for different reasons. Once because VAT, it's a problem. If you are in a clinic like ours, yes, I am. I am in the, in the property business. Absolutely. In the estate business, my dear. Like Gary, Gary said, so it's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, I just, my menopausal brain, I just lost, lost my thread. What was I saying? That's, that's my menopausal Gary, brain. Gary, no, it's Gary's fault. Gary just jumped it's, in. Yeah, yeah, it's Gary that is just. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so moving over from an associate oh, to. Oh, yes, I was moving from an yeah. associate to, to a room higher. Mm. And that is better because you, for, for us, you hit the VAT very easily. So if you have three, three rooms and you're not an HCPC, you're not registered with your HCPC, every, when you're an associate, all the money of the clients come into you as the clinic. Does not matter how quickly you give your 60% back to the therapist. The HMRC sees that money as your turnover. And out of the turnover, they charge VAT. The VAT then is paid out of your share as a clinic owner. That is not viable. So that's why as a clinic, as a massage clinic, with no HCPC, we went for room hire. Once we've done many years of uh, associates, we know, we knew then that I had a very strong core team that really believed in what we were, our ethos. I was then safe to go room higher. Why safe? Safe because when you're in your room higher, you don't have quality control. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell my therapist, you have to do that or that. I can, they can come and ask me some support, but I'm hiring the room to them. So it's a very different mindset. You've got to be absolutely sure that the people that are renting from you, they are you know, matching your ethos from, but from another perspective is wonderful because it gave them the tiny little bit more, like Sarah said, autonomy, but also what they're purchasing. And I said that very often. I said that to the, to the room I'm renting for my therapist in another clinic. I said that you're not paying for the four walls or for the towels or for the couch. Don't think like that. 
when you're going to room higher, choose the right clinic. And what you're paying is not for the room. You're paying for the clinic name, for the experience, for the exposure. People that come into our to to hire from us, you know, my therapist, they are paying not for the clean for the room themselves. They're paying for the fact that I've been we've been there for 20 years. That people know about the clinic. So but that's something they, which you provide. You don't have to provide that, do you? You could not advertise them or put them on a website or if they're renting, yeah, I, you could just say you're by yourself, just give me the money. So that's kind yeah, of but why would I? Why would I not advertise them? So yeah, this, this well, point, yeah. why would I yeah, not advertise true. them? Yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted the clinic to be busy. First of all, as a clinic owner, you choose the right therapist. Attitude is way more important than sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, skill set because attitude is really attitude with the clients. You know, I don't want the therapist that after 45 minutes, they, you know, the, the treatment is 45 minutes and then you see them coming out at 40 minutes and I could not tell them anything. Right, Chloe, um, I want to bring you in because you were shaking your head when you were like, oh, working by myself has not been a very encompassing, oh, everyone's going to love me and talk to me and share stuff. You haven't had that because you haven't bumped into that kind of employer, oh, no, that kind of clinic owner, have you? You've had different experiences. Oh, sorry, I've got you on mute because I was trying to sort out an echo. There we go, you're back. You're back. Yeah, no, I, where I've been by myself kind of for like four years, it kind of wasn't until last year that I realised how lonely I kind of was within this world because I had connected with a few therapists in my local area, meet up with them, have a chit chat. But I think when you work by yourself and sometimes the gym I was working in is empty. There's no one passing by to have a chit chat to. I never spoke shop or therapy shop with anyone. I never spoke about, Oh, I had a client in the other day who had this, this and this. I'd never have, I had so long where I didn't have that conversation with anyone. Mm unless I really, really went to meet up with someone. So I think now where I'm in an environment, yes, okay, I am the only therapist or bodywork person in the building. It's nice to have someone to speak to about clients and, oh, I had a really awful client, blah, 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 blah. It's really nice now to have that, even though we're very different industries. It's nice to have those conversations. Whereas when I was in the gym, I would not talk shop for months and months and months with someone unless I listened to like one of these podcasts or if I really was really to seek it out I wouldn't have a conversation about my career or I wouldn't almost like a CPD conversation I just you just wouldn't have them so I think being in somewhere like Anne Marie's place where you've got lots of people talking all the time being able to pass on experience is really really great if you can rent from somewhere I do think it's worthwhile or if you are renting by yourself it's worth trying to really seek out those conversations because I realized I wasn't having them and I wasn't expanding my knowledge because I wouldn't have the conversations. That's interesting. That's a great point. And I love the way you say that even if, even though you're in a place now where you're renting, even though they're not also soft tissue therapists, there's still some really important conversations to have just over working with clients. You yeah. know, you're all working in that industry and there's going to be some great, yeah, crossovers and things. Good to hear. Sarah, haven't heard from you for a while. <laughs> I was trying to let other <laughs> and what's your yeah your um, renting versing so versus associate so you're from home in the moment and you're renting it's tricky because you're renting it depends who you rent with but what would you recommend to people obviously if they are renting they need to try and find someone who's maybe going to give them above and beyond 
you know, and the type of person. You're yeah, it's I've had yeah a few different experiences. So because uh, at the moment I'm at home and I'm an associate, mm. I'm inherently a little bit lazy with my marketing, so I need somebody else to do it for me. But with room rental, I, I find in both the places I've rented, they I've been on their website. There's been varying amounts of how much they try to market you, but again, that's that's a bonus because they don't have to do that for room rental. So so I, I've had. I haven't had a bad experience, to be honest. It's, mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been nice. I've been part of part of both clinics. But like Chloe was saying, it's nice to have other people to talk to. So I both both of my room renters have been within clinics rather than in a separate building or, you know, with different businesses. So I've, I've had the luxury of being able to speak to or refer to osteopaths and hypnotherapists and physios and all mm-hmm. sorts of things. So I'm, I'm quite happy with my experience. Excellent. I would good. say... I would, yeah, I would say if you, if you if you don't want to work from home, I think rental's a really really good option if you can find the right clinic that's supportive. And yet, like Anna said, if you agree, you know, if your ethos, you know, if they if you agree with theirs, they agree with yours. Then if you've got a good match, then I think that's a good starting point. Excellent. What about we're getting close to time now? What about money? Is it a gross generalization to say that one form like associate versus rent is going to get you more money? Do some people think that's the case or is there, yeah, how does it work? I don't think so. Then, you know, there, there are pros and cons to all, all of them. You know, no, I've, I've got my own leasehold now. So when I was working at my, at my peak, at my peak when I was working these three clinics, I think I was paying about a thousand pounds a month in, in room rent and the rent was reasonable. But I worked a lot of hours. Partly it was my own fault because I didn't want to take the day, whole day rent because I was paranoid about being ill or something like that. So it was partly my own fault. But now I've got a leasehold, which is much cheaper. But I also have hidden expenses. You know, I, I have the the heating bills, the electricity bills. I'm lucky I don't pay rates because it because I'm it's such a small old building. But that some people have to pay rates. I've always done my own advertising, so that's not, and I don't particularly advertise that much, so that's not a problem. But, you know, you are responsible for everything, music licenses, insurances, building insurances, you know, the list goes on. So although I pay a lot less per month in rent, there's all these hidden expenses. It probably doesn't work out. That's what what I was going to say, because we looked at it and I helped some of my, some because some of my therapists, I encourage them or they wanted to work from home as well. So I encourage them to do that because I think it's really healthy for them to do and for them to see the difference. Although you have to be careful with whom you do it and kind of, so they don't take clients home instead of seeing them at the clinic. However, when we done the calculation, you'll see, you, Amy, you just hit the nails. So if you do a calculation over one year, so not three months, over the one year, and you look at the expenses for room hire so my therapists come in they pay their room hire which is different tiers and and that's it they go home and you know they they done they, they don't have much more on top of that and you look at from if they work from when they work from home the difference is not a lot in my look they're working from home or having got that expenses but you have that time expense that people do never think time to book your clients in time to you know your, your booking system the time to do all this bits in the room you know washing the towel no, no, no. all those hidden costs which are not hidden anymore once you're taking them 
into consideration. So actually the difference is not. And the other thing I say, instead of always look, again, it's a mindset. Instead of look, you know, it's more expensive. Look at the added value. Mm -hmm. So working for a clinic that is well known, for example, there is, so if, if you work from home and you go, you, you started out, you know, but you go, you, you provide five hours, slotted hours. If you haven't got a client there, you haven't got a client. Well, if you're working from a clinic, there is more chance you got more footfall and the client will actually be filled for, you know, we, we, we will be filled for you. Every time you don't have a client, that is money lost. And when you work by yourself, that is money lost for a clinic. It's in my interest to fill all those hours. Very interesting. There's something I think I recall Amy bringing up before. And what's something that can be a real problem in this industry is burnout because you're thinking the only way I'm going to make more money is by doing more clients. And we're going to have some really interesting episodes coming up showing <clears> that massage therapists especially now we realize that the skill is not just what we're doing with our hands we can work with clients even when we're not seeing them we could do it virtually we could be doing it with a spreadsheet and monitoring them because because we realize now we are facilitators we're educators we're doing so much more we're listeners we're doing so much more than just what we're doing with our hands there's new business models where you can be earning money whilst you're massaging one client and something else is happening in the background or that evening you can tap into something on your computer so we can have a really good guest who's going to be talking about that but in order to avoid the temptation of just i'm going to do nine hours a day back to back because i need the money do any of these particular systems help prevent that? Is there an advantage of working with somebody who's going to say you're going to burn out rather than just by yourself? Or what do you think? What what experiences have you had? Yeah, if you're if you're renting a room and you're only renting set days because there's other therapists there, you, you know you can't be working the days that you don't have that room. <coughs> I, I, I unless you I manage to find three rooms. <laughs> I have definitely been guilty of doing that. You have to be very self-disciplined when you've got that room. You know, seven days a week with my leasehold, I could go in and work whenever I want to. And I'm trying to be more disciplined and book time off to do because I've got other things that working from home things to do. I've got paperwork, I've got work for the school, I've got CPD, I've got other stuff to do. So I am trying to be disciplined and block a day out. But it's hard when you've got a client and they're messaging you, they're injured, or, you know, that they're, they're a lot of my clients have a lot of complex psychosocial issues and they, they want your they want you, they want your time. It's really hard to say no sometimes. So you do have to be extra disciplined then definitely. And I I've not always managed it. I'm definitely getting better at it. I think I really I'll, I'll remind you close to time, but again, just to reiterate, I've just found the date on Tuesday the nineteenth on the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Join either on YouTube or Facebook, where our guest is going to be talking about a particular business model, which is hybrid. And and he regards, he's from America. He works with the rehab guru guys. And, it's, and, he, and he's showing us how we should really, as healthcare professionals, be moving into a hybrid kind of care where we are looking after people whilst we're maybe treating someone else for, for, for monetary value and to stop ourselves from burning out. Because for too long now, the healthcare system has been based on you only make money whilst you're seeing one person in front of you. And that's a really difficult model. Are so burning, I do encourage you to listen to that are, one. Are we burning out uh, because we're doing too many hours? Or it is all the other hidden things 
around being a massage therapist that makes us burning out. Because actually I, from the response from my therapist, the, 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 the fabulous things about being, you know, in a, in a supportive clinic is the fact that you're supported in doing other bits. Or, you know, if you don't want to do room higher, you are in a place where you can do associates. A lot of that marketing, a lot of that is not by yourself anymore. And that's why a lot of people often get burned out. And they feel, oh, I should be doing that, but I do not know how to do it. But that's why you are renting the room from a clinic. Or that's why, you know, you're an associate from a clinic. You know, go and approach the clinic owner, whatever your relationship is, and say, what can we do to get more clients in, to get more sustainable client base. And actually the clinic owner should also be there. Doesn't matter if you're room higher as well, should also be there to support the well-being of the therapist and be, you know, being on the ball. So you may also have other facilities, you know, like, I mean, I'm busy enough that I can afford booking app. And I also pay because I hate tech, anything to do with technology. I pay someone to do a lot of my techie stuff that I hate yeah. doing. And that takes a great huge load off me. I pay someone to do half my laundry. But but that's also something you can potentially get from a clinic owner, if, you know, that you're, that's what they're, they're covering. Or yeah, and also they will love that. They will love that. If somebody says to me, says, Anna, do you know what? I would prefer to pay a little bit less, but I'll help you to do those other bits and pieces. I will absolutely take it of their hands because they people there is still this very very misunderstood opinion that we are all reckoning it as clinic owners or as room hire owners in our profession profit margin is very little hmm. because you know people need to be paid the right you know needs to be given the right fee you cannot charge a client you know, 90 pounds per treatment, at least where I am. So profit margin is really little, but guess what? Heating costs a lot of money. Booking system costs a lot of money. Insurance costs a lot of money. So, yeah, well, I'm not going to even say that, yeah? You know, so if somebody says, Anna, I'll help you doing a little bit of Facebook or I'll help you doing this spreadsheet, you know, you will, they, they will love. And then you grow, you feel part of the growth of the clinic. That's how you build team work. Very good. Excellent. Right. Look, it's it's nine o'clock. I want to I was thinking the other day, I want to kind of finish these podcasts with what I'm going to call putting theory into practice, where we kind of collect our thoughts and we kind of give some advice to the listeners. Otherwise, it's just a load of kind of talking, which is great. So sorry to spring this on you. It's just an idea I had the other day. But when you think, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a came to me by myself when I wasn't talking to anyone else. And yeah, so I want you to have a little think of imagine there's someone out there. They can't work at home. Let's take that out of the equation. They, they, they haven't seen Louise Ash's lounge conversion. They haven't seen that yet. So they're thinking, I can't convert from home. I'm going to go out and I'm going to rent. I'm going to pay someone money to use their room. Just think each of you one bit of advice. And that's tricky to think of one, one bit of advice where you think, right, you're going to do that. Great. Bear in mind. Okay. Have a little think what you would advise. As soon as you have got something which you think this is the most important thing, go out and do it. You can, you can speak out proudly. This is putting theory into practice. If you're if you're new to if you're new to it, actually do bear in mind working from a you know working from a clinic because you do get that support. You get it really helps you build your column up and your client base up, 
and you've got other therapists there to learn. You, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You've got other therapists to bounce ideas. Or if you get a tricky client, you don't know what to do. So actually, I'd say if you're starting off, rather than go it alone, do try and work in, in a clinic setting. I think it's it's really, really good to start off with. It's great. hard being on your own on your own. So don't rush into the idea that my own little room, I can decorate it like I want. It's going to be lovely. It's just me, me, me. I'm tired of you're going to benefit if you find the right employer, the right clinic owner, then you're going to potentially have, yeah, lots you can go from it. Great. Who's next on putting theory into practice? I'll go. Just, I would say, be really clear on what the clinic or the, the room renter is offering to you. So in my case, it was through clinics. So just, just see, see what they're including in that room rental price. Is it literally just the room? Is it going to be clean? Is it going to be couch roll? Just, just be very, very clear on, on what there is and isn't included. And then there's no surprise. Excellent. I would probably say it's a stepping stone. Wherever if you just pass out and wherever you end up, it's a stepping stone to your next place. It doesn't matter if you're in a dingy gym like I was where it's noisy. You learn so much from being wherever you are and you know then what you want now. So I know what I've got now fits me. Everything is a stepping stone. So even if you rent somewhere that's awful, there will always be somewhere better and you will always learn from your past experiences. That's great. That's really nice. Yeah, very inspiring. That's good. Yeah, good point. Anna Maria, putting theory into practice, what do you think? Create, for any type of room hire, create your own little spreadsheet where you put down every single expense, every single the time that you spend doing things, because then it gives you a very good idea where you are in both types. You choose what is good for you. And I was going to say, I had to rethink it because I was going to say what Sarah said, mm. don't just look at the price. Look, what do you get in the price? Because in that 15 pounds per hour, you get the towels, grab that. You get towels clean and done for you, grab that, that option. So my next most important thing is you create yourself a spreadsheet and I can send it to all of you because I, I, I have it done with all the costs. But in those costs, do not calculate calculate the time you're spending doing things because that's, it's, you know, it's not only what you pay, but, you know, how much time you spend doing, you know, for example, the towels, because then you get a good idea where you are. Is it worth it for me to to take this particular deal? Or shall I go into the other deal? And the last thing, remember, you do not hire a room. You're hiring a clinic experience. You're hiring the place that the clinic has, the the name that the clinic has in the industry. So you go there, nobody knows you, but they know the clinic. So that's where you get the clients. Good advice. Good stuff. Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, thank you, people. As Gary says, thank you all for giving your time and experience to the wider membership. We appreciate it. We will be back, people, next week on Tuesday, March the 5th. It will be for part three, which is going to be how to set up a massage therapy business, part three, mobile and event work. So we will have an STA panel of therapists from the STA who have been involved either currently or in the past in mobile work and also event work. 
and we're providing some of the highs and the lows and the bits of advice for uh, getting involved in that if it's something you're thinking of getting into. Um, if you are an STA member and you'd like to be part of the STA panel next week and you listen to this podcast before March the 5th, then send an email to matt at the sta.co.uk or just message me on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you find me. Um, you'll find me as at Bunchat Live or you can also message the at UK underscore STA, which is the STA username and and yeah still time to do that a uh, great experience and we just love to hear other therapists of what you get up to there's so much pearls of wisdom that come out from that and it's a really great way of learning because it's just so context-based it's so real i'm um, talking of which thank you so much tonight's sta panel if you do want to contact them we'll make sure this all goes into the show notes but you've been listening to chloe reynolds of cr sports massage therapy who you can find at crsportsmassage.co.uk thank you chloe um you've been listening to sarah jones of affinity body works you can find at affinitybodyworks.co.uk Immy tester who's the owner of back on tracks soft tissue therapy who you can find at back on track sports holistic.co.uk and anamia mazzieri of the st school who you can find at the st school.co.uk or across social media at the st school so thank you everybody for joining us and giving out your time really appreciate it and and yeah those who join us the live lounge thanks as well it makes all the difference having you join us live it inspires us with your questions and reactions and um, so if you are listening to the podcast and you want to form part of the live event then do right thanks people thanks everyone on the panel we'll see you all soon take care you're listening to sports therapy associate podcast put evidence back into soft tissue therapy